0: We are recording uh, today's sermon because so many are not able to come to church and by podcast, we send it to them. And someone said that, uh, one family said that the whole entire family listens to the podcast as uh, they're not able to come to church on that particular Sunday. So let's pray that uh, the word of God will go through And for all of you said, Pastor, I've heard this before. You may have heard John 3 16 a thousand times already. Yes, I preached this in Davo Gospel Center, 1971, then in Ebenezer, then in Paramount, and West Covina, and here. Why? There is a command by God, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The key word that the Lord has laid upon my heart is to make disciples. That's why this is presented to us as a church And then we have already commenced today, Lesson 1 on the discipleship. So we're going to talk about spiritual results. It starts where? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Immediately, two spiritual results are announced to the world. If you do not believe you are condemned already but if you believe you receive eternal life but there are also spiritual results when one becomes a christian that is why second peter chapter 1 verses 1 to 11 stresses what happens when one becomes a christian why this letter is written to those who have received like precious faith with us. That means he is a Christian. I want you to tell me a difference. I'm recommended to use a covering. And I don't know how I look, but uh, I know to be sometimes better. Is this making me more scary or what? Is it, tell me better or worse?: You look good looking <laughs> Okay, anyway.. One becomes a Christian, received by faith. But there, is, there are two destinies. One, you have the provision of God, the abundantly, and the next is lacking. What is lacking? When you have a dollar bill and one penny is lacking, is that a dollar? It's only 99 cents. And so stores will trick us. This particular item is only $5.99, but actually it's $6. But you see 5 Oh, this is cheaper because I'm 6 You know, it's a trick of the world. So that's where the deceiver comes in. Oh, you're the religious. You're already going to church. You have come forward. You pray to receive Christ. Yes. But what kind of a Christian? There will there be two kinds of Christians. And Peter, chapter two, 1 Peter 2, 1-3 I cannot read really you this. Whereby, you might like to follow in 1 Peter chapter 2, 1 to 3. Whereby laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If so be, ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. In verse 1, it pictures a person repenting, living in sin, And then now returning to God. Verse 3, it confirms the regeneration. There is rebirth, being born again by the repenting sinner. Last Sunday we stressed, there is a difference between confessing and repentance. Confessing, you admit you have sinned before God. But repenting is returning back to God. That's the main word of repentance when translated from the Greek. And then verse 2 describes the initial desire of the repenting sinner. It says, verse 2, As newborn babes desire in the milk of the word that they may grow thereby. I I'll illustrate this with a friend in Ayala, Sambonga City. He was the director of many, superintendent of many elementary schools. He lived a very Good life. People respected him. However, he was living in sin. The one day I came to the house, and some of you may have heard this some years ago. When I came to the house, only the daughter met me at the door. I said, what's your dad? Oh, it's just leaking inside. There's someone to entertain visitors. Oh, tell him, Hernan is here. He is about 10 years older than me. And... When the doctor told the dad, the dad said, oh, tell him to come in. Tell him to come in. I said, what's wrong? Well, I was told by my doctor that I have one more day to live. For a long time now, I've been having hiccups. I could barely sleep. I could barely eat. And I'm having a hard time. This is going to kill me. And I know what to do. And I said, you know what? The Bible gives an answer for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Show it to me. Show it to me. Then I read James chapter 5. And reading James chapter 5, then I anointed him with oil and prayed in the name of Jesus. Then he said, wait a minute. Last week, I gave you a book on why I believe in Mary. A real book. Take book. But the Lord said, don't even bother to read it. Okay, I didn't read it. And I returned it to him. But you saw Ernan." Well, happened this way after I prayed, and he prayed too. He said, Wait a minute. If I don't have a hiccup in 10 minutes, I am well. So both of us were looking at our watch. It sounded like eternity. After 10 minutes, he just shouted, Nene, calling his daughter, I am now well. I am now healed. Dancing around. And he said, Ernan, I will not pray to Mary anymore. Jesus healed me, and he is my Lord, my God, and my King. Then the following week when I came for a follow-up Bible study, I said, what book in the Bible want me to read? this study today. He said, you know what, Hernan? This week, I read the whole Bible. He's a speed reader. This week, I read the whole Bible. As a baby, when he's born, immediately cries for milk. Mother's milk. And that's why it says in verse 2, As a newborn babe desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. I'm asking you, that time you received Christ, were you really hungry and thirsty for God's word? Jesus said, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink, and out of him will flow rivers of living water. Now, Reading now in 2 Peter chapter 1-2 and 2 will be our key. Now, let's all read together, begin. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Now I want you to focus on this verse, there are two spiritual results here. If these things be new and abound, one, another case scenario is he that lacketh these things. Now, it's surprising that in the Bible, it is not immediately put up front what it is teaching. And so that's why we have to ask the Lord for guidance that we will be awake when we read his word. Let me illustrate, next. Next. There are two things supposed to be presented here. If these things are present in you and abound. Secondly, but if things are lacking, even one is missing. Out to your faith, virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And And to brotherly kindness, love. These things have to be in us and abound. But look at this. When it says, if these things be in you and abound, you will neither be barren. What is lacking? The barrenness. In In the Blue Letter Bible and the Dictionary, it says, Barren means lazy, escaping the work to be done. It's just, you know, unworked. And so in the God's word, there is not that serious reading of God's word. There is not a worship to God in prayer. If these things are lacking, the barren and the next one is unfruitful. Wow. That's unfruitful is no fruits. The world today and many churches say, Fruit, how many souls have you won to Christ? And you see some evangelists, they have thousands there. Wow, they have a lot of fruits. Praise the Lord. But not all of us are like that. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, meekness, faith, temperance. Again, such there's no law. That's the fruit of the Spirit in every believer who drink in God's word. And really fellowships with God. Then, of course, calls to death. But he that lacketh these things is blind, spiritually blind, cannot see. He reads the Bible, they're just words, words, words. Cannot see. Cannot see a dead world. He is now a Christian, but the rest of the world is dying in sin. He does not see that. Why? He is short-sighted, cannot see a pharaoh, he cannot see the eternal values. He only sees his here and the now. His clothes, his food, where he's living, the check, the dollars working, his work, and that's it. And some even do not relate to their co-workers or to their management. It's amazing. We get so short-sighted we just think of ourselves. That's not me, myself, being short sighted. You know, say we don't see the eternal values. Wow. Well, we only live for this world. But there's a beyond and there's eternity. What? Being short sighted means because of that he is inactive in the service of the king. What will it be when he faces eternity? But he faces God. Will he hear that word, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And unfaithful. He has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. There has been the debate in Bible school about eternal security. When a person is born again, is he eternally secure? But he falls into sin. He backslides. There are two aspects there. One is he thinks he's a Christian, because he was to the process of crying before God, and even crying in repentance, as it were, and before God, the pastor, I am returned, repenting and turning to God. But it only appears, it's only on the outward. It, his sincerity was not followed. There was no hunger for God's word. The witness of the spirit was not in him. But he had joined the church, he even became, I told you this illustration years ago, about a lady in Bible school who graduated, went back to Holo Sulu. There was one just really admired her and courted her and said, no, I will not marry except a Christian. She so said, okay, I love her so much. I'll apply as membership in the church. So he went and for 10 years, He accepted Christ, and he went to Sunday school. Eventually, he became an elder of the church. Very well educated. So finally, he came back to her and said, I really love you. And uh, I am a born-again Christian. Will you now accept me? Oh, yes. I am very happy. So they got married. And then after the marriage, The following Sunday, she was dressing up, ready to go to church. Then he said, Where are you going? I'm going to church. No, I fooled you. I am not a Christian, but I warn you from now on, you cannot go to church anymore. Well, that happened to that lady in Hollow Salute, that happened to one of our young people in Davao. The guy was so in love with her. And would not even eat anymore. And the mom said, What's the problem? Well, she will not accept me. So the mom went to the mom. Will you please convince your daughter to just marry him so that you know he's about ready to die, maybe commit suicide. So the mother told the daughter, Will you please marry him? Okay. After he got married, she said, You're not going to church anymore. We can fool people. Not married intentionally, but there's not that fire. The work of the spirit in the heart, to read the Bible and to pray. And the devil said, okay, the Bible, the devil says, okay. You're going to church. You're not pretending, but there the devil, devil giving us that false security. That person has never backslid. He never went in. Any the parables that Jesus made, there were people even at the door knocking, wanting to come in. And Jesus said, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. That's one. The other, he's come in according to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. But he's built upon his wrong foundation, wood, hay, and stubble. And it says, it will be burned by fire. Yet, he will go into glory. Because Christ is in him. The Holy Spirit is in him, but he has turned a deaf ear to the Holy Spirit. He will go in, yet to us by fire, nothing. I stressed that last Sunday. It is very, very important that we listen to that still, small voice. Why? The unfaithfulness. Jesus is not our Lord, our God, our King. He's just our Santa Claus. So we learn to pray and we ask this, give me this, give me this, give me this. But in the grace of God, he keeps on giving, although we're undeserving. What a wonderful God. But the devil has just fooled us. Now, there's the other side of the coin. Let's see what it is. Ah, if the things are present, you are active, hallelujah. If these things abound, you will not be barren. Rather, the positive is you will be active. Hallelujah. It's not the pastor who will make you active. It's not the salary that you'll receive. You get no salary by coming to church. One person said, why are you going to church? You don't get any penny. You're giving away. True. But active. Giving the tithe. It's not giving to God. It belongs to him. We're returning to him. But when we give over and above our tithe, that's where we start to give. Because now we're sacrificing something that rightfully belongs to us. We earned it. But say, God, for missions. For others to be saved, for the ministry to improve, I give. But more, much more, even you give your life. You're active, whatever the spirit will give to you. We have different gifts. And we will be held responsible for whatever gift God gives us. You will not be responsible for not being like Billy Graham and so on. That's their gift. Whatever our gift is. And when you read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 13, there are enumerated gifts there. Evangelist, pastor, teacher, helps, gift of tongues, gift of healings, Whatever. Let it be just the gift of God. And if that gift is given to you, you are a steward of that gift. And give it to God. And you are now fruitful. If these are in you and abound, you don't have to push it. You don't have to work it out. It will just reveal in you the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Sometimes we don't even feel it. We don't even realize it. But somebody say, what happened to you? What changed you? Is there somebody forcing you, guarding you, putting you on a lot of rules and laws? No. It just comes out from within you. The Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That's working in a person. And then, no longer blinded. You can see. Hallelujah. You can see where our weaknesses are. And we say, God. Thank you for making me realize this is my weakness. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And I can see beyond my weakness the provision of salvation in your Son, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Then you can see the wonder. And you can see also the gifts of people. How wonderful it is when in the church we see and we encourage one another. We can see. The world cannot see. But the Holy Spirit makes make us see things. And sometimes we see things that are evil. Instead of being critical, we pray about it. We handle with care. we handle with prayer. We can see. And not only we are far-sighted. We're not only looking around us. Short-sighted of beyond. Beyond what is around us, beyond the dollars, beyond the houses, behind our, our clothes, behind our health. We see eternal life, and we see the world that needs to be reached for the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God that through the many who are giving their sacrifices and and offerings, we see pictures of many Jews being supplied in Nigeria, in Africa, food being given. That's not provided by the organization, organization, but people who give in, TBN. They give their offerings. And people are being helped. You're farsighted. You go beyond. Why? This is an investment. There will be returns. We invest in eternity. We invest in the kingdom of God. God will abundantly return. We may not realize this, but things will be by the blessing of God coming to us. And then we will be faithful. Only for those who have things are present and abound, you will be faithful. We are unfaithful people by ourselves. We look for convenient things. We want for things now and to peace ourselves, but like Paul, like Peter, the apostles, like the prophets, no matter what the cost would be, they gave their lives. Be thou faithful until that, Jesus said. And I will give you the crown of life. Faithfulness is very, very important. Don't compare yourself with others. Listen to God's word as revealed to you. I thought I will finish this Second Peter chapter 1 to 11 today. But as I prepared my sermon and it turned out to be six pages. No. I'll only be covering two verses. 8 and 9, 10 and 11, the closing verses of this, I trust will just inspire you. For so an entrance shall be at start with give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall. For so an entrance shall be administered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You have heard my testimony, this sermon. This captured me in 1970, 71. And this has been my roadmap in life. And I trust you will be guided too because there are two spiritual results. Nobody will answer for you. You will answer before you when you face God. And I'm encouraging you, be awake, be committed. Be faithful. God will bless you. Father in heaven, we are attacked every day by the enemy, especially by our human weakness. But we are trusting in you to be faithful to the end, to be obedient to you, to be having that vision that we don't live for ourselves and for this world. We are living. For you and your kingdom. Lord. We plead to you. We cry to you. For you said in your word. You will receive power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Oh hallelujah Lord. Holy Spirit come upon us. Take control of our lives. And as your word says. Romans 12 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore brethren. By the mercies of God. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may experience or you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Have mercy on us, O God. For in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.